Hey, what's up? This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. If this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, please give the podcast a like, comment, and don't forget to share with your family and friends. To all my regular listeners out there, welcome back, and I want you to know that you're greatly appreciated. Here at Rising Higher, I'm going to give you some snippets for success to not only help you to survive, but to help you thrive. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about wounds inflicted by narcissistic family members. But before we do that, let's talk about the high points from last week's episode called How to Handle Narcissistic Abuse. Now, in this episode, I discussed how to encourage victims of narcissistic abuse by reminding them not to forget what the narcissist's motives are and try not to react in an ineffective manner. I reminded the victims that the narcissist is nothing but a bully, and I provided examples of what should be done so the victim can protect themselves from unnecessary abuse from the narcissist. If this sounds interesting and if you would like to learn more about it, go back and listen to the entire episode. Again, it's called How to Handle Narcissistic Abuse. Okay, so today on Cookie's Commentary, I have a message and a word of encouragement to all my people out there who work overtime to try to bring your purpose or your work to light. You know, a lot of times we do so much for others and when it's time to let our light shine, no one is there to support us. If no one else has told you guys today, I am so proud of you. You give so much to other people and make their vision come to life. But when it's time for your vision to come to life, you expect for them to be there for you, but no one is there. No one comes around. It seems like the people you do the most for are the people that never give you half of that in return. I know this feeling far too well, so I wanted to take some time today and talk about this. Now, I've learned that some people come in our lives to love us, and then we have those people who come in our lives for nothing but just to use us. And the part that is really hard to accept is that the ones you love the most are the ones that will support you the least. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. It's hard when the ones you do the most for do the least for you. I need uh, you guys to really think about this. And uh, I need for you to know that these people don't come to bring life. They come to take from it. These are the type of people who don't love you for you. They only see you as an opportunity to use you to get what they need from you. They're not loyal to you. They are loyal to the benefits that comes with you. That's why they never show up, no matter how many times you show up for them. That's why they never offer to help you, no matter how many times you offer to help them. Like for real, stop breaking your back for people who clearly don't have your back. Stop being there for people who seem to disappear on you. I hate to say it, but if they're not supporting you, they shouldn't be in your life. It's it, it's important. And these people should not be in your life. Just because someone is in your life doesn't mean that they want the best for you. The truth of the matter is that you really don't need their support anyway. It's time for you to get around people who will appreciate your talent and not just want to use you for it. Get around people who will want to help elevate you for your life. There's a big world of people who are out there waiting to support you. And don't let the ones who don't support you keep you from seeing that. Now, I hope that this short word of encouragement will help you stay focused as you're going through your healing journey. And remember to never feel guilty to cut someone off when they disrespect you. It's time to take 
take hold of your life and let's focus on what is best for us. In other words, what's best for you so we can rise higher together. Now we're on my favorite part of the show where I go through my email or I go through the comments and I pick out a question or I decide on a topic that you guys want me to do or talk about. And today I have a question and it says, hey, Coach Cookie, I have listened to your episode about when it's time to start dating after narcissistic abuse. I have been going through my healing journey now for a few years working on my inner wounds and I feel confident that I'm ready to go back on the dating scene. But when I get back out in the dating world, I desire to get with a high value man who is also healed. Do you have any suggestions on what I need to do to get a high value man? Okay, this is going to be easy for me to answer because uh, even though we're talking about men, I do have several friends who are high value men uh, that I've known even, you know, in my uh childhood so I've been around a lot of high value men and I must say oh my god this is just too much for me my girl got rid of the dusty raggedy narcissist and she has made the decision that she not only wants a healed man like she but she wants a healed high value man you go girl I mean she just made a 360 all the way around and not want just a real man that will respect her but a high value man that will respect her I hear you, girl. And let me say that I'm not mad at you. I am not mad at you at all. But I want you to know, my sister, this is going to be work and that you have to wait on God to send you what you want. High value men take investing in themselves very serious. And being with a high value man is going to come with a high price. This man's special someone has to be a valuable asset to his life. Now, ladies, the first thing I need for you to do is to look at your circle of friends. Make sure that your circle of friends are positive women that think like queen. If they're not, they're going to bring you negative energy and they won't see or respect your worth and they will subconsciously damage what you're seeking to do when finding a high value man. Look at this group of friends and if they are doormats for the man, that's what you're going to become also. You're going to also continue to be a doormat for a man. Queens hang out with queens. So start hanging out with friends who have what you desire in your relationship as well as what you want to be. Basically, basically focus and surround yourself with individuals who are positive, who have self-esteem, confidence, and who conduct themselves like a queen. So if you want a king, then you need to behave like a queen. Now, a queen has high value and respect for herself, and queens don't throw themselves on a man, and they don't use their body to get a man. Listen, my women, if you don't respect yourself and act like a queen... The king will not respect you and he will come to the conclusion that you're not wife material and he will throw you to the curb. Ladies, it's okay to take your time and have some boundaries because the high value man is uh, used to women forcing and throwing themselves on him to try to impress him. That is not how you're going to do it. And that's not how you're going to get a, queen, a king. That looks bad and makes you look desperate. And that's not how queens behave. We don't act like that. Remember, the queen has to compliment the king. So the queen has to learn how to put herself first in order to know how to fulfill his needs. Um, 
basically it comes down to self-love and you must love yourself in order to be able to give to others too when you do this you will be positive disciplined you're going to love others you will develop healthy boundaries and you will have a high value mindset this is going to be really important because it shows that you're emotionally mature and that you value and respect yourself now, as you work on yourself, you will also chase after your dreams and your goals and not the man. This is a big sign to show that you're being healed too. The high value man doesn't want a woman that is needy and has nothing to do but wait for him to come home and start an argument and, and be like, why you work today for 15 hours? To a high value man, needy women are draining and he feels like this will slow down his productivity. Now, high value men are highly motivated, so they look for high value, high levels of motivation in their partners. Most women who uh, have uh, a purpose are really happy, you know, and they they have a purpose of their own. So they do not depend on um, seeing what the man is going to be doing and, and being all in his business. They have confidence in themselves to the point where she's naturally caring and submissive, which in turn means that she's not easily offended. If she's with an assertive man, she has a spirit to go above and beyond her for her for him and her family and the children. This type of energy just really is what the high value man is looking for. This inspires him. This uh, excites him. And I told you that you have a lot of work to do. This is what a high value man is looking for. You know what I always say. You need to become what you want to attract. So what you want to attract, that's what you need to become. And that's a lot of work. So all your hard work has paid off. And one day when you get up and you meet that high value man of your dreams, just remember to stay calm and act like a lady. And remember while you are in the interview session, that you're not going to be the one who's going to decide who gets the job. The men are. Don't worry about it, though. You got this. Don't forget to send me an invite to the wedding, girl. I can't wait. Now, for some of my people, getting back out there on the dating scene is a little bit easier said than done. For those individuals who are focus on, focusing on trying to get back into a relationship, but you may need some guidance and direction, let's talk about it. Go to my website risinghigherlife.com and schedule a free one-hour consultation to find out if you could benefit from one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you have a question that you would like for me to answer or ideas on a topic that you would like for me to do a show on, please feel free to email me at heycoachcookie at gmail.com. Get ready because when I answer your questions, I'm going to keep it raw and I'm going to keep it real. Okay, so now we have dealt with that part of the show. You guys keep your great questions coming because, like I said, I, that is my favorite part of the show. And I really enjoy that. Okay? So, aside of that, from that, let's get to the main topic for the day. Let's talk about the narcissists in our families. Now, if this person is still in your life... It can be very, very difficult to break away from your family. Uh, and in some cases, this may not seem possible. On top of that, you may find it difficult to have a safe and respectful relationship with this person while they're still in your life. It could be a family member or your partner, or it doesn't really make any difference because the narcissism experience itself, it's very excruciating. And I have experienced this with narcissistic family members. 
I have worked with many of my clients in my sessions with family members uh, that with uh, with their family members who are narcissists and have been successful in their own healing in order to be able to deal with narcissistic parents or other family members. Now, today I want to take some time to talk about my experiences with helping people heal from narcissistic family members and what my ministry to help these people continues to help me how it continues to help me as well. I know how painful it is to feel misunderstood and not trusted at times as a child uh, or as a teenager, or even this goes all the way up into adulthood. It was emotionally agonizing for me, as I'm sure that it was for many of you also. As I do my sessions with my clients, I feel so much empathy for people who never had a healthy parent and can't have a healthy parent. And I believe me, I can relate to that. No matter how much you would like to, it is very tough when we all believe in an innocent child deserves a healthy, loving parent. And no matter how much you would like this parent now in your life to be healthy and relate to even your own children in a loving way, maybe this just isn't happening. And the reality is, is that it may never happen. I know for many of you, you have probably tried everything to make it work, to only be disappointed time and time again. Maybe there were times when you had your hopes up and then they were dashed again. They were just put down again. Trust me, I understand the turmoil and the trauma. I have been there and done that. What we have all been through is all the same typical narcissistic behavior, but it's just with family, but it's just with family members. I know people who have been able to create healthy, modified contact with family members. And I know people who have no option other than to do no contact. In extreme cases, this has even led to having to break ties with the entire family due to the narcissistic family member smear campaigns. Most of us who have suffered uh, adult narcissistic abuse were brought up in families that were carrying their own generational wounds. Our parents may... Uh, have been emotionally absent, conditionally loving, and not capable of the mirroring that is necessary to allow us to know how to have a solid sense of authentic inner worth, how to self-soothe and delay gratification, how to process unavailable human shame or feelings of unworthiness, and how to establish healthy emotional resilience to deal with the changes life can bring. Now, when you put all these ingredients together, this is basically a recipe for the human disease of adult codependency. Basically, the person has to seek to get comfort, security, or love from outside of themselves instead of uh, providing these qualities for themselves to make them feel whole. The truth is, every uh, uh, the truth is uh, that very rarely uh, do we have parents that have learned healthy skill sets from their parents if they're narcissists. So let alone who possess the ability to impart it to their children. When parents of narcissists, when parents are narcissistic, it takes the damage to another level. The narcissistic parent uses a child as an extension of themselves or of their ego to dump and blame the torment of the narcissist's inner self onto that child. 
In other words, the narcissist has to disown the parts that they despise about themselves. So they project all of that on the child. Now, as a child, this may have occurred from a parent, a sibling, or any other family member, or from a multitude of family members. The narcissist then blames a child for everything that the narcissist thinks, says, and does. Usually, this all comes with extreme neglect, confusion, um, sometimes punishment, abuse, and even bouts of extreme violence. Based on a lot of my work that I do when coaching adult children from narcissistic abuse, I believe the child who became the codependent in a narcissistic environment found a way to somehow please the narcissist parent or family member to the point of being able to stay under the radar enough to escape the worst of the wrath and mental emotional abuse. However, things are different with the children who become narcissistic. This child fought back with a narcissistic parent or family member, or this child was completely idolized, entitled, and set up as the golden child to further the narcissist's image. So the child who developed narcissism may have been more fragile, more sensitive, and more susceptible to um having their psyche diminished than the child who did not develop narcissism. If this child was idolized by a parent, um, this idealization uh, was not about love. Rather, the child was used as an object to give narcissistic supply and was punished if they didn't fulfill that responsibility. Not every narcissistic parent is this involved with their children. The narcissistic parent may have been absent, busy, getting narcissistic supply and chasing addictions to try to feed his or her ego. At these times, the narcissist may not provide basic needs for his or her child, let alone supply essential emotional stability and availability. When narcissists are needy and low on narcissistic supply, they can lean on their children emotionally and exploit them, bringing them terrible concern over the mental state of their parent and then treat them with total disregard as soon as they get back up on their feet again. So, in other words, if that narcissistic family member can't find the supply outside of the child, they're going to come back to the child and they're going to torment and exploit them and do whatever they have to do to get that narcissistic supply from that child. You may feel intense pain, sadness, regret, anger, sorrow, and even over-responsibility towards your narcissistic parent or family member regarding what they have done, how they treated you, how they continue to treat you, how they treat others, and possibly for the state that they are in. However, we have a choice now as adults. We can heal past being victims and feeling powerless, obsessed, poisoned, and damaged. The first step is to open our minds and hearts to the truth because the truth always starts us on a path to our freedom. This is about understanding that your parent or your family member is damaged and was also abused or taught entitlement as a child more than likely from another narcissist or at the very least from an unconscious role model who was also uh, a legacy of their family damage. And they dealt with narcissistic abuse in this and their family. So this false self that was created by your narcissist family members 
was done in order for them to emotionally survive. And that's all they knew. So make sure you keep this in mind as you're dealing with these narcissistic family members because it is what it is. And they had to do what they had to do in order to survive. And that's all that they knew. As a result, this caused the family members to become sick, maladaptive, and dysfunctional. Narcissists are so unconscious that even though they seem to have moments of clarity, they are unable to see who they are, uh, who they are being, and what they're doing. This is why they are not so likely to take the necessary responsibility to heal their inner wounds, which is doing nothing but just feeding their disorder and this is how the abuse is passed down from one generation to another in, to another generation if you can do your part in stopping this epidemic of narcissistic abuse cycle by getting well that means getting out of the fear getting out of the pain getting out of the shame and blame and creating healthy role models for our future generations only then can the previous narcissism model be broken and not carry on into our future generations if we remain victims we create victims who will also become subject to abuse somewhere in in their life how we handle this as adults will either empower or disempower our children you have to make the change. If you make the change shift and get well, so will your children. As a child, you were powerless. You may have missed out on receiving what would have been loving and healthy. Don't worry about that. It is what it is. Your parents did the best that they could. Let that go and move on. You may have been through it so bad to the point where you have these um, enormous wounds from your childhood. Believe me, I understand where you've been and what has happened to you. Uh, and what you've been through, I understand all of that. You know, I am truly a living witness to all of that. But you can't go back to those incidents and change them. Okay. But you can change who you are in response to the abuse now. So as an adult, you do what you have to do. You have the power. And I'm a living witness that you have the power. When people have been narcissistically abused by family members, there's often a huge fear of consequences. Many people state, but that's my mother. That's my father. I can't cut him or her out of my life. There are also additional fears of triangulation and smearing. Many fears regarding all sorts of issues. Things like, I can't deny my children their grandparents and um, whatever you come up with. Of course, the list goes on and it goes on. My answer to this problem is that in the beginning, don't focus on those toxic family members. Just start the process for your healing and deal with those inner wounds you, so you can learn how to control your emotions and set up your boundaries. Once you go through this shift, you will naturally know what to do and how to handle those family situations when they come up. In other words, you pray about that and God is going to give you what you need at that time. Don't worry about it before then. Just start your healing journey. Let me give you a really good example of what I'm talking about. One of my clients has a narcissistic father. She had all sorts of excuses and she made that what uh, what ifs 
and and trying to see ahead and question how she would handle her father during her healing journey. What happened is that she put in the work and she put those what ifs or those excuses to the side and shifted the pain, the abuse, the fear and every charge that she had or that she could find regarding her fa- her father. Now, she gets on the phone with him. She has conversations that are brief. And not once has he triggered her or been disrespectful. That is because she has established her boundaries without guilt or remorse. And even walk away if that's what it's required for her to do. When she's on the phone with him and talking to him, she knows how to handle it. She maintains herself. And she maintains a healthy state and peace of mind. She has no attachment to or involvement in the family drama regarding him or whoever else or what anyone thinks about what she's doing and the decision that she's made. And that's the space that you need to be in. That client is emotionally solid and resolved because she healed her wounds. This way of thinking or acting is not possible until you do the inner work. Trust me, been there, done that. I've seen and work with versions of all that and, uh, you know, want to give examples of that and describe that uh, and, and so much more. And I hope this has not upset anyone today. I hope this hasn't triggered anyone today too much. And the reason I included these details is so that all my listeners can understand and know the gravity and the damage that occurs when having been abused by a narcissistic parent or a family member. It's important to understand that our reality, how we feel, how we think, uh, how life responds, and the empowered choices we can make all depend on the state of our inner being. That is where it all comes from. I hope this information has helped and can allow you to understand that people who are healing from narcissistic family member and that you can do the same thing. I came with it today. You know, I came with it pretty deep today, y'all. I pray that something on the show resonates with my listeners today. If you need help with co-parenting with a narcissist or you were a victim or narcissistic abuse as a child and you're struggling with your healing journey, please go to my website, risinghigherlife.com and schedule a free consultation to see if you could benefit from one-on-one coaching. If no one else has told you guys, I love each and every one of you, and I'm sending you all a big hug. This is Coach Cookie reminding you to love yourself first as we rise higher together. Be blessed, and I'll talk to you soon.